we are back with episode 107. My name is Ethan Shalloway. I am joined with Chris Salona for another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. Did I already say that? Did I say Grunge Bible Podcast earlier? I'll say it again. Grunge Bible Podcast, episode 107. Uh, thank you all for being here. Um, you know, we're happy to be here as always. And uh, Ethan, how are we doing today? How's it going? Hey, we're, do- we're doing good. Um, nice. Yeah, we're do- energy levels are really high. We're, we're recording at the end of the week. It's a Friday. Um, pretty free day. It's nice out right now. I think it's going to rain a little bit. So, But all in all, um, my energy is, is quite high. I'm feeling really good. And we've got great. a great episode, so I feel like yeah, it's going to be we, it's going to be an easy one to talk about. Sometimes we really you know, do, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find the words. Sometimes it's easy. Today's one of those days where it should be uh, fairly easy because we love this topic. Yes, because today, uh, April tenth, uh, is the anniversary of Alice in Chains' recording of their unplugged performance that later became the iconic compact disc, and now the iconic live album. Uh, so, you know, there's no better time to commemorate that than on the day of its anniversary. And uh, that would be 27 years in the past, uh, the time of recording. And uh, if you're listening to this in the distant future, uh, you can do the math yourself. But um, really, really one of the more fantastic um, live performances of the era. So we're excited to talk about that. Um, that is one of the many reasons, the myriad of reasons that I am uh, excited today. Uh, it's Friday. Um, I had a really good week. Uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's warming up, and mm-hmm. we get to talk about grunge rock today. So I'm really, really fired up about that. Yeah, check that one off the list. Hey, you've been doing that a lot recently. Grunge I have, rock. I have been. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been a little bit too often. Maybe I, I think I should. I need to accrue some some penalty time for for my efforts. But to the um, box. Yeah, go. I'm the man in the box. What can I say? So. The way yeah, it's, it goes. it's been really solid. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about the episode, kind of go through or talk about the concert, go song by song and talk about some of the quirks that happened and just why it's uh, such a legendary performance and important yeah, performance. It's, it, it's, it's really, his, it's, it's of great historical significance. I think when you look back um, and, and the unplugged shows um, just something about the contrast that, you know, that these guys played, you know, unplugged, and when you would see them live on the road plugged in, I mean, it was so loud. It was so different. And these were one-offs. So it's it's really, really special. Um, and I think just like the, the sonic differences that creates a big draw, I think, to it. But also with Alice in Chains, the, the point in time where this one happened, I think, adds to the significance of it. Because, you know, knowing what we know about the band and where they were at the time and, and what was going on with Lane and what was to come... I think that adds some, uh, you know, a, a dark cloud over this one and some added significance that we will certainly get into on this episode. But yeah, for sure, one of the one of the more notable times I think Alice in Chains ever took the stage was uh, on that night in Brooklyn in 1996. Yeah, and the crazy, crazy part—I can't believe that it was two and a half years since they had played any show. I think it was like the first show in like two and a half years, and that is um, quite the re-entrance. You know, quite the on a performance you can do after not yeah playing, ab- playing together for all those reasons i mean it absolutely is so and I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing all of those things uh on this episode and this episode would not be possible without the support of the many legions of individuals who choose to support us uh if you're downloading our episodes if you're leaving reviews you're sharing it with friends a little podcast evangelization going on or if you're giving us your money and uh as you know if you've listened before um, or if you're new here and I'm, I'm about to tell you, there are two very easy ways for you to give us your money. Number one, you can buy our merchandise. Uh, our store is linked in the show notes. Uh, you can get yourself a nice little t-shirt. It, it, it might not be beanie season, but you could do the, um, the beanie and roll it up above the ears for like a little summertime look. You get the Grunge Bible beanie. We got crewnecks, which are always in season. Um, but more importantly, and more directly, if you want to give us your money, you can sign up for our Patreon support club. You can become a patron linked in the show notes at a $2, $5, or $10 per month level. Um, that is the most direct way to support us, and that keeps this podcast rolling along. 
we're just clicking down the miles here on the tracks uh, in year two. And, um, you know, of, of everybody who chooses uh, chooses to support us on Patreon, um, it's it's a pretty big uh, choice and a significant choice that a lot of these people that it I'm is. about to read, that they've made for a long time to support us at our top level. Um, and at this time, I would like to thank those people who month in and month out are giving us $10 of their hard-earned legal tender to make this podcast roll. So I would like to thank Corden Stewart, Christine Shepard, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Shoe the Shoeless, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Marianne, Laura Nirene, The Blue Owl, Alexis Shannon, Black Hole Sean, Alex Long, Millie, Nikki Six, Rachel Corning, Brother Nature, Captain Hightop, Kara Kay, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Doug Endy, Chris LSMS, Carlene Salona, Jamie Lynn, Jade Mercado, Granny Grunge, Faith Bittner, Fresh Tendonitis, and Fuck Soup. Uh, so to all of those individuals, uh, a very, very sincere thank you for your support. And you allow us to commemorate events such as Alice in Chains Unplugged 27 years to the day. Yeah, let me just talk out a scenario scenario here for everybody okay, yeah, that's let's... on that's on the fence about becoming a supporter so yeah you have a theory um, here you have some sort of yeah let's hear yeah something that may entice the listeners to get on board you know it's monday morning you wake up obviously wood is playing into the flood you get in your car and you stop at the gas station because you got to get your cigarettes for the day right right and you got to get a cup of coffee or maybe you're an energy drink person right all of a sudden you, you ring up a tab of eight bucks probably probably ten you know the price of cigarettes or maybe you got your zin and uh, you know, you do that probably, you know, maybe twice a week or something like that. And all we're asking is that you do the same if maybe you're listening to Grunge Bible uh podcast in the car as well. Like I said, you get your cigarettes and you get your get your coffee and um you know, it's the holy trinity. You can't have you can't have one and not the other two. You need to have them all. So yeah. um I just think it's a good opportunity that, you know. This is your decision, right? You're choosing to support. We're not, you know, no one's it forcing is. you In to give your money up. In the chains, this is yes. your decision. Yes. No one likes those fees that you can't control, but, right. you know, there's some ownership here. So take, you know, you can have some ownership with this Grunge Bible podcast and, there really and is. decide and, to join. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of um, quantitative study that's been done uh, relative to the Grunge Bible podcast and the... Um, you know, energy boost that you receive from supporting mm. us and listening to us as an active supporter yes. greatly exceeds any sort of boost that you may get from a 300 milligram uh, energy drink or a, you know, extra large hot coffee or yeah. even nicotine sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, so and, this is, this is Chris, scientifically proven as we know. And Chris, I'm not even telling them to cut that out. I'm just saying that if right. you're willing to spend you the money- add to it. Yeah, if you're willing to spend the three, five dollars, seven dollars for uh, miscellaneous um, gas station stuff, let's get the podcast. Give it some support. Two dollars. That's all we have for one whole month. A whole, whole month. month. Two dollars. So that's yeah. We are we are one of the few industries that uh, the prices have not gone up uh, along yeah. with inflation. We are <laughs> we are we're 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 true to the people. We're true to the consumers, and uh, we will never, we'll never raise our prices. Read my lips. No, no new taxes. <laughs> my fingers are crossed, just in case we do some yeah, for some reason. Exactly. So, oh, all right, let's uh, let's let's get into Alice in Chains Unplugged. Uh, I've got a quick tale of the tape here. Um, so, as we spoke, um, April tenth, nineteen ninety six, this shindig went down at the Majestic Theater in Brooklyn, New York. Um, it was first aired on May 28th, 1996 on music television. And then it saw its release on CD later that year on the 30th of July in 1996. And lastly, in 1996 on VHS, October 8th, 1996, it came out. So, you know, within a few months, they got this thing done. And Ethan, you made a really, really good point that I think is um, the most significant thing to consider when it comes to the time and place that this happened, this was their first show since they did a, they were doing a benefit show on November 7th, 1994. So two and a half years. Um, and I think it's really important to consider everything that had happened, um, you know, in 1994, 1995 and 1996, as it relates to the band um, and what would happen after this show. So, you know, Jar of Flies is in 1994. They, they don't tour to support it. Um, they played a one-off benefit show in November of that year in 94. Um, 
Lane's struggles with with substance abuse have only grown by this time, you know, 94, 95, 96, really harrowing times and unfortunately a sign of what was to come. But in between that last Alice in Chains show and Unplugged, um, you had the Mad Season record come out. Um, and you also had the Alice in Chains tripod record come out. And, um, you know, all throughout that time, there were some aborted plans to tour um, and, you know, canceled the day before different tours that they were supposed to be on the band was. And they cited, you know, health issues within the band. And I think by that point, the general public had a good understanding of what that meant. You know, Lane was really, really struggling. And the fact that they were able to get it together here um, to put this show on in April of 1996 is really, really incredible. And and it's one of the last moments that we really had with with Lane and with the classic um or, you know, with, with the uh, the second iteration of the Alice in Chains lineup, you know, after Mike Starr's departure from the band earlier, Mikey Nez taking over. But after Unplugged, um, Lane only made six more appearances um, with Alice in Chains, um, all coming in 1996. And, um, you know, the final, the final appearance that he made in 1996 would be his last with the band and be his last, um, you know, in a live setting. So... I think it's one of those things that when you look back, the significance of that moment only grows because we know at this point how the story ended for that incarnation of the band and and how Lane's time here uh, came to an end. You know, a lot of the things that made it so difficult for him, um, you know, even to get on the stage for this show um, ultimately ended up being what did him in. So I think looking back for me, and I want to get your kind of overarching emotional reaction to this performance um you know there's just that like that cloud over it and just that that aura of sadness um that you you feel it's like the it's the end of something and and you you can you can feel it when you listen to it and you can see it when you watch it all these years Mm -hmm. later yeah my um as i watched it back you know i kind of went went through each one and and but took took particular notice to like the beginning and the ending and in the beginning like obviously they come on and jerry is playing starting up the song and then mike and Ez comes on and starts playing some bass and you know lane's the last one to walk on and um he's got his dark shades on and and like you said they obviously this was played in a theater and, and that is the best way to describe this whole thing i mean it really is it's a performance it's not just like a rock show or whatever it's like it's like theatrical the way they do this and it, it has right so much emotion tied into it and then same when they're ending it's like you know they're hugging each other and it's like the if you could tell it was the success and and it was um just an emotional release for everybody in the crowd and uh it's it's just different it just feels so different it's very, like i said it's very raw and emotion filled and um i think the best word is like i said theatrical like it really mm-hmm. does all of those things just how um <clears throat> Yeah, actors are like proud afterwards and take a bow. Like, I mean, I feel like that's how it was received by the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, and, it was it was really good. Yeah, and something that I think we don't take into account, um, being the ages that we are in our twenties and and not having been alive to consume this at, at the time, um, something that we forget about is just the the contrast that this show represented. I mean, yeah. This is the same. This is the same group of guys, you know, with the exception of the switch on bass. I mean, the the shirtless facelift era, um, just in your face, this visceral pounding energy mm-hmm. on stage, loud, loud in your face, um, you know. And they cut, they cut sap, and they cut jar of flies in the studio, which is another side, but you know, not having played those songs that much live and certainly not in a setting where the focus was almost on that other side of Alice in Chains where people were able to buy a ticket or get a ticket and go and see it live. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so different and such a big contrast for this band that was, um, you know, had a large amount of metal in their blood. Um, I mean, they came from that, that scene, you know, in the beginning, it's like they were, they, they were marketed as a metal band and, and to see a band like that, um, take the stage with these acoustic instruments and present a lot of songs that people are used to hearing in a very, very loud way. And you hear them and, and, you know, you just, you, you can feel the different layers to these songs and the, um, you know, uh, just how intricate a lot of them were. And it was really, really beautiful. Um, I, I I do, I totally agree with what you said in terms of like 
these these songs and this performance made for great theater but at the same time it's um it's tough because that's what you feel but it's also for the guys on stage and, and what they're struggling with it's not a it's not theater it's it's their lives and 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 lane obviously i i cannot you know for however many times i'll listen to this and or watch the videos or watch the performance i cannot stop thinking about lane and just um just how sad it is i i think um we forget a lot of times or at least i do that you know these are these were people and, and we spoke about this uh one of our shows in december about the uh the self-titled album that you know the lane kurt andrew wood like these were real people and real problems and you know they they occupied space the same way that i do and um you know it's 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 strange to get a look into people's darkest moments and i think you know we got to look into the darkest parts uh you know that lane was in conflict with internally mm-hmm. yeah it's um it is sad it is a sad story at the end of it um and uh, yeah i guess luckily we have this to kind of go back and, and and remember and remember the talent but um you know extremely brave of of lane to do um to to be on stage and to put a lot of his emotions out there. We talk about that a lot. That's the hardest part about being a song, a songwriter is usually it comes from a dark time and you're just so open to the world and letting people see everything about you. Right. Or, you know, you put a lot of it on paper at least and maybe not everything, but um, that's always impressed me by these artists is that um, they were, they were, open to people and open to the idea of, of sharing it so mm-hmm. absolutely and you know when it comes to this specific performance um i love the way that the stage was dressed um i love the candles which the candles were lane's idea um you know the story is that he purchased from them Pike himself Place. and he brought them all the way from seattle um and and you know he was able to to, to get that into it um another i think famous part of the lore of this show was uh our man jerry cantrell he was going through it. So the story goes that he was um, he was uh, he was sick at the time, and he was enduring a uh, a case of food poisoning, evidently from a hot dog that he had consumed at some point before the gig. Um, and, and I believe if you go those back, those dang glizzies, those those glizzies will get you. Um, and you can see at different points there's a, there is a trash can uh, near him on the stage in the event that he would need to uh, extricate that poisoning from his body. <laughs> but thankfully, that did not occur, um, or to the best of my knowledge, did not occur. Um, and additionally, I think something that gives this performance so much flavor that I think if you're listening. You, you don't really think about, but when you watch, you can tell. Um, Scott Olson came in and played incredible guitar on this, playing beautiful licks. Um, you know, he played some lead guitar, he played some rhythm guitar, and, and he just added such a unique flavor, I think, that you didn't get because Allison Chains, they're they a four-piece band, and then when you add that second guitar in, you know, it, it gives Jerry more space, um, and it gives that second guitarist, Scotty Olson, it gives him space to operate, and I'll tell you, some of, some of the work that they did um, and some of the licks that he added to songs like No Excuses and Got Me Wrong, um, for me, really put a lot of these performances over the top and um you know they're the reason why uh, for a lot of these songs their performance that day at unplugged uh, are much more interesting for me to listen to sometimes than even the studio recordings um yeah and, and i think scott was a big part of that and i give props to the band for making that decision uh to bring somebody else in and i give props to mr olson for being able to come in and do such a fantastic job Props to Mr. Olson, absolutely. Props to Mr. Olson, absolutely. The other lovely Easter egg that everybody, uh, uh, most people seem to be aware of is the uh, the inscription that was on Mikey Nez's bass, the right. classic friends don't let friends get friends haircuts, a uh, classic jab at the band Metallica, who had recently, uh, at the time of the show, they had recently cut their hair and uh, cleaned up for the cameras and... Um, you know, friends don't let friends get friends haircuts, and we we abided by that for a while in our in our lives. You know, you can't cut your hair, but uh, yeah, you know. mine's getting pretty long. It's able to, I'm able to put it in the uh, a small little bun, so I'm growing it back out a little bit. For I love fun. that. 
so don't let me get a haircut even though i I want to get a cut (laughs) (laughs) it's the internal struggle it happens in all of us dude it really is man yeah so let's uh let's let's get into this uh and, and something that I love about this um this performance and I think it's different than than what Nirvana did. So Nirvana obviously they uh and Kurt made a point to play a lot of songs that were not popular or that were not well known and he, he played a lot of covers and and Alice in Chains they they gave you a lot of their really popular songs. Mm-hmm. Um but it just speaks to the musicianship that they have. And that they had that night that they could completely transform a lot of these songs that people had heard incessantly. I mean, by that time, uh, it had been a few years since Down in a Hole and Wood, um, you know, songs like that came out, Got Me Wrong even. And, and you know, they were able to um, present them in such a way that I think they they transformed those songs that night on stage. But right from the jump, and you mentioned this at the beginning, they start with Nutshell, which is an absolutely just sobering way to start this especially with the fact that um you know the the re- the band's coming out one by one and then lane comes in right before his his right before the vocals start like he he just gets to his seat in time yeah, uh you know to hit that we chase misprinted lies and obviously the whole crowd erupts and i mean to start out with this song um i think it's such a statement uh for the you know, for the state of affairs that the band found themselves in at that time. And, uh, you know, this yeah. one having come off of uh, Jar of Flies, it, 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 you, you wouldn't have seen this at an Alice in Chains show um, because there weren't any. Um, so, you know, for this to be the first live performance uh, for all intents and purposes of, of yeah. a lot of the songs that you heard on, um, uh, on Jar of Flies, I mean, Nutshell, I mean, this is the definitive version, undoubtedly. Yeah, and I think them picking this to be the opening song, I mean, it could be, you could have closed with it or maybe put it in the middle, obviously, but mm-hmm. it is such a, yeah, it really sets the tone that this is what we're going to do. This is kind of how it's how it's going to go. And um, just the, the, <laughs> the instruments throughout this whole show is just incredible. And we're, we're going to talk about that. Like, obviously, all the guitar work, Sean Kinney on drums just, we're going to talk about him a lot. I already know that. We are, we are going to talk about him We're going to talk about him a lot. lot. He is just so good. I mean, they really were on in a beautiful way. And then, of course, Lane and Jerry harmonizing the whole time. And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one was good. Uh, you guys know that we love Nutshell a ton. So, right. Um, yeah, there's nothing more to be said. I think that's just it's yeah, and, a great and it's opener. interesting. And 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 I'd love to I'd love to get the opinion and the perspective. I mean, even of somebody who may have been there and 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 what the expectation was going in versus the right. stream of consciousness feeling that you would get as they go nutshell and then for song number two they go into brother off of sap. Yep, I sap. mean, this is this is another really really heavy one and and you know. The best songs and, and the most emotional songs are the ones that can elicit that emotion you felt the first time you listened time and time again. And Brother is one of those songs. And especially this performance after the bridge, um, you know, when they're going in uh, and they're harmonizing pictures in a box at home, yellowing and green with mold, so I can barely see your face, wonder how that color tastes. And there's no instrumentation going on. It's just Lane and Jerry singing together. Absolutely <sighs> chilling. And yeah. the vocal play that those two had every time they took the stage um, in sickness and in health is just absolutely unbelievable. And the fact that Lane, and this is true of the subsequent performances that he gave in 1996, I mean, really not well, um, you know, a physical you know, shadow of his former self because of the addiction um, that he had been struggling with for so long. Despite all of that, his ability to perform um, and to perform so well, I will never understand. Um, it's it's otherworldly. It's it's so so impressive. Yeah, his his voice, even being, you know, maybe not as strong as it was. It's still so haunting and so special. I mean, I wrote down it's no Fogarty, but it is. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, no we've John been Fogarty. On a big Fogarty kick. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have no to talk Fogarty. about that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, um, this is a really, another beautifully arranged and executed song. Um, Kenny just bringing it, bringing a beautiful, beautiful beat the whole time. Mm -hmm. Man, the acoustic solos, the acoustic solos that you get 
throughout this time are just so good. The way they bend, the bending of every string, and oh, mm-hmm. it's so AIC. Yeah, and the room that the drummers had because the, that space is not occupied by these loud guitars plugged into you know Marshall half stacks. I mean, these are you know it's it's subdued, and yeah. and, and I'll tell you um, the next song. No the intro. Sean Kinney's drum intro on this is Dude, is so amazing. good. It, it's better. I love how echoey it is and poppy it is. Like not pop as in the genre, but like it's popping, like pop, pop, pop. Yes. Um, how it is on the on Jar of Flies, but I mean this live oh. is just incredible. And I think that like when he it's starts, just so clever to when me. He like, start, it's yeah, so it good. is. And when he starts, no excuses. Here is the third song. It kind of I think breaks people out of that just like somber reverent mood that you must have been in after hearing nutshell and hearing brother and seeing the band walk out there um you know when when sean starts going it's so so good and and like i said um scott olson the lead guitar and the licks that he provides just just everywhere in the right spot for this one um and no excuses is just i saw a great it's I, was, amazing. I was i was looking through some of the comments and stuff and and I and everybody was mentioning Sean and like everyone, um, mm-hmm. and I saw one that was great. It's like he had he shows incredible restraint and emphasis at the same time. Yeah, and I loved it because it's it's mm-hmm. exactly it. Like his the way that he crescendos and kind of pops at the right time, good accents, mm-hmm. and then brings it back down. He plays soft. It's just. Right. Restraint and emphasis. Yeah, these I are love skills. It. These are <laughs> skills it. that. Yeah, it's these so are skills good. that not everybody has, and not everybody is even able to attain. I, it's very similar, Ethan, as a javelin thrower. The the dichotomy of having to be so patient with part of yourself, yes. but also so unbelievably aggressive um, at the same time, and that is a very difficult thing to do, especially in this setting. I mean, an unplugged setting. Because because it's it's so unforgiving. I mean, you've got to hit everything just right, and it just speaks to um, these guys are professionals. I mean, yes. going you know, continuing on with the athletics metaphor. I mean, the best basketball players, you put them at the the free throw line, they'll make you know hundreds of free throws in a row, or you know, they'll make you know four hundred and ninety seven out of five hundred of them. I mean, that's what these guys do. This is their job. They are professionals. And mm-hmm. when they're in those high stakes situations that could be a little unforgiving, I mean, they just nail it. Um, yeah, and, and, I and think, that's that's what they all did here. Yeah, there's there's. I remember talking to somebody and like when people cover other people's music or they cover, say, like a, a guitar solo. Like you can mm-hmm. learn the part, but you'll never play it the same as the person that wrote yes. it. Like and you same can with cover drums. the notes. You can cover yes. the notes, but you cannot cover the feel. And there is so like when you know, and these guys just obviously know this stuff inside right. and out. Where like they created Kinney, the, these sounds. the way that the way that Kenny is playing, it's like an unbelievable yeah. confidence. And then Jerry, same thing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. it's just they carry themselves through these songs. The, they really you know, do. The only way that like I was I was trying to think if somebody else could play these songs, like what it would how it would work, but. It just wouldn't have that extra bit that exactly. It's got that. It's like when you try to make your make a recipe that your grandmother had, and it never comes out quite like hers because it wasn't it wasn't her hands, exactly. you know, working the dough. It's just that weird variable that is that exists. And that's a that's a great example. Is you follow a recipe, but that doesn't, and you can cook, but that doesn't mean you're a good chef. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it really is. Yeah. One more thought about no excuses. I I have to wonder with everything that had gone on, you know, Jerry having written this song for Lane, I wonder what, what he was thinking about, uh, especially at the point, you know, we've spoken about this line a lot and it's one of my favorites, but you, my friend, I will defend. And if we change while I love you anyway, um, Mm -hmm. and I, I, I have to wonder like what the, what the emotion and what the thoughts were at that time, given everything that was going on and given you know how the band knew how much lane was struggling it had to have been a a, a weird moment uh and, and eerie in a way mm-hmm. yeah um next song moving into the sludge factory the sludge factory yeah the let's pull up to the sludge factory you know we get a little false start here on the sludge factory i know uh, and lane, i love it yeah, I love it, but that's that's what we said. Fuck. I mean, this is this is it's, <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah, and Jerry's like we're we're allowed a couple of those. Yeah, it's been so a we, get a, we get a redo. You get some more yeah. time with us. Exactly. I, but, I think that's so good. Yeah, it's, I mean that's the thing. It's 
it, moments like that, just as the way that maybe Sean, uh, you know, has this specific way of swinging his drumsticks. I mean, like it adds that flavor um, yep. and, it, and, it, and it, you know, they're professionals, but they're people, you know. Well, this is the theater side of it, too, where I was right. like, you know, you watch it and it's like there's some crowd interaction going on. They kind of talk a little bit and mm-hmm. and they go back into it. It's obviously it's not planned, but you you could almost say that it was you know what i mean like it's all part of it's all it all fits into what they do mm-hmm. it really does yeah, but this were... this is a great one and this one's great in the unplugged setting and once again i just i i can't help but harp on the eeriness of the lyrics um especially in the bridge you know you have always told me you'd not live past 25 uh given all of the tragedy and, and all of the struggle yeah. that uh, Lane, Jerry, I mean, everybody that they endured and that their friends had endured. And by this point they had lost friends and they had lost associates. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as we know, there would be more to lose as time went on, but, um, it's strange, you know, to hear people singing and playing songs that the subject matter of those songs almost foreshadows the, you know, the end for them. And it's, it's just a really, really strange thing. And I think, it always, I always can't help but approach this set with a sort of reverence for that and a sort of, uh, um, you know, just respect for uh, the struggles, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what I was, uh, I was gonna say that if you were to play, say, a drinking game to this, you get, you get two, one for them messing yeah, up I'm and starting about over. Reverence and I respect. <laughs> I know, I know. That's all right. It's but Mike, Mike it's Inez, important. I know. Mike Inez also lights up a cigarette during this one, so you get to get to drink for a cigarette on stage. There you go. <laughs> that's that's absolutely fantastic. That was back in the day. I mean, you could and people wouldn't think twice. It's good, you know. It's like Kurt right. chain smoking during his unplugged. You yep. know, you gotta yeah. you gotta do it. It's important. Yeah. All right. What's next? Down in a hole, I believe. Down in a Hole is, in fact, next, the fifth song. And and I think by this point, like, they got their first fuck up out of the way, and I think they're starting to settle in. And Down in a Hole, once again, one of those songs that, while it's kind of ballady in the way that it's it's uh, constructed, this is a loud song when you heard it live. Um, I mean, the guitar is just so heavy from Jerry. And then when you hear it unplugged, it really um, presents itself in such a different way. And... You know, just once again, the vocal play on this one live, even with Lane in the spot that he was in, is is really, really, really special, and it's incredible. Um, and I just love the little, uh, you know, the flair that these guys were able to add to their voices, and and the way that they would overlay um, different lines at the same time in different parts. And you know, Jerry would hold his part a little bit longer, and Lane would hold his part, and then you know. Uh, like drop, you know, drop down a little bit. It's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. eerie. It's so, so eerie. And they were able to do that whenever they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. This one, when Jerry, when they, when they harmonized, like I, I, I heard it and I'm like, there's like, there's so much life in Jerry's voice. Mm-hmm. You know, if you would say that there's, you know, say, you know, Lane's is maybe not the same as it was. Like Jerry is just so, it's so bright. At the same right. time, it kind of cuts through when you hear it, when they harmonize together. It was really quite the pairing. I mean, it's amazing that they <laughs> that they could sing together for so many years. You know, those type yeah. of duets and stuff in bands, mm-hmm. is, you don't you don't come around that very often. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Um, in the same way that I think a lot of people who listen to Soundgarden forget to think about how good of a guitarist Chris Cornell was. Because Jerry Cantrell is such a formidable guitarist, people sometimes forget to think about how talented he was as a vocalist. And and I give a ton of credit to Lane for encouraging Jerry to use his voice more. Um, you know, having been the chief sound writer, songwriter, um, you know, and, and, and lyricist a lot of times. I mean, the fact that he we got more of his voice um, and, you know, he, his confidence grew uh, and he was able to present us with moments like that. Really, really special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to uh, the angry chair coming in for number six. And this is another one. It sounds so cool. Um, And there's there's so little room for error, I think. Uh, And I can't help but think about, you know, in the verse, uh, what do I see across the way? Hey, and it's, you know, it's it's stop and go, stop and go. And they hit everything just right. Um, And this one just it's kind of uh, 
songs like this uh, and songs like like Junkhead and Godsmack, you know, they they just kind of have that like this is not going to be the right word for it, but it almost sounds kind of, the music and the instruments almost sound like a little satanic, like they're just apocalyptic a little bit and like oh, not of yeah. this earth. It's strange. Um and it's and it's, it's deep to and hear dark. that. Yeah, and to hear that in an unplugged setting, like it, it, it's almost um, the notes are correct, but it almost sounds abrasive when you're listening to it. Um, you know, and that uh, you know, you got the bass going, and you have the guitar going, hitting those those riffs at the beginning. It's uh, um, it's really really cool. And uh, this song actually started with because uh, they were doing some tuning, so Lane Lane had a cigarette, but um, it's Jerry played like a little like the agony on me uh, like it was like a little like, upbeat like blues thing where he like sang over while uh lane was tuning and it was like pretty funny it was like he said like yeah, yeah and, if, and if, this if, there, song, if there was no yeah. bad luck i'd have no luck at all and like <laughs> depression despair agony he's like playing like a, a uppity riff with it mm. and then they go into sitting on an angry chair <laughs> yeah and, and it's and, and this song uh not not that night but it's cool it was one of the only times that you'd see lane staley with a guitar in his hand um, yeah, you know, he would play true. angry angry chair similarly to uh with mad season he would play uh i don't know anything you know you get the guitar going but it's cool it's like these guys they're so good at music that they can do things that you you don't even think they could do and they the things that they would describe themselves being terrible at they're <laughs> they're better than you would ever be at it right oh, crazy yeah. crazy oh, stuff yeah. all right next one kind of moving through them yeah, we got, we're rolling. Got a classic. Got rooster, yeah. rooster on our hands, mm. and um, you know this one. I mean, they just they nail the song. I feel like every most most live performances I've 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 watched of them, they just kill rooster. And this one's really fun to to bring down um, a low level and and hear it hear it like this. Um, yeah. I think that yeah. especially the intro where they're they're doing that like the the ooze. So yeah. so eerie, um, and you know this is classic Jerry Cantrell, like half step down guitar. I love I love the trio that we're gonna hit here uh, of Rooster, Got Me Wrong, and Heaven Beside You. And a fun fact: this is probably the only like three song run on any sort of recorded music um, that I could I could I could play all three songs in a row on my guitar and follow through. <laughs> and, awesome. and I do do that quite often, but this one. Um, yeah, Rooster. I mean, from the pen of Jerry, obviously, and uh, I mean Lane. Lane hits this one live, um, you know, here on Unplugged, and I think this is this performance is kind of one of those that it is quite a bit different from the way that he was able to sing it um, previously, just as a result of everything that had been going on with him. But it's still, um, you know, it, it it fits the scene perfectly for that night, and right. um, I'm I'm really happy that they that they included this one. And um, I think you, you get the case with a lot of these songs, too, that I think their inclusion on the set list for Unplugged um, raised the attention a lot of people give to some of these songs. Um, and, and Rooster, I, I think for me, is certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, it's a good one. It's all, it's all, it always is. It always is. It's, uh, it's a fun listen. Yeah. Um, the next one got me wrong. This might be my favorite song to play on the guitar. Oh uh, yeah. Why so? Why do you, why do you say it's just because of uh because you just like one it's easy to play. Number two um as a testament to the uh you know to the guitar work and and, and their creativity. It's easy but it sounds so good that like you might not think that it's easy. Um and it's just so uh, I love playing it too because like I'll, I'll throw on the unplugged version of this and like I'll just listen along as Jer Jerry and Scott. Lane are singing. Yeah, yeah and it's and just Scott's playing the, the dude, pick Scott, Yeah, Scott Olson. I mean, the lead guitar that he played over this and the little licks that he included, um, especially at the end, like right before the song comes down um, and the drums come down right at the end. I mean, he's just hammering this lick out and it's so, so good. But um, this is some of my favorite harmonization that, that Lane and Jerry ever did. Um, when they're yep. hitting those wrongs and they're hitting, um, and you know, everything builds, 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 then it stops. Then Jerry hits, something's got to turn out right. And then they go right back into it. Uh, this is just masterful songwriting and masterful, masterful, ugh, masterful performing. That's the word that I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this this is a fun one. This one's really really fun. And he's right. Something's got to turn, right. turn out right. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard to um to rank this. Like you know, if you were to try to rank and say like, because you could easily say like, oh, this one is like the best of the night. But you can mm-hmm. say that about literally anything. So it's just so fun to go through and listen to the just watch the uh, watch the performance and enjoy it and every song um every song has something that is special mm-hmm. um yeah. next one heaven beside you another yeah. great jerry intro playing everybody kind of comes in behind them mm-hmm. and uh and this one's cool too because at the fun. time heaven beside you would have been the top hit off of their most recent record off of the tripod album and uh you know this is the first first show that they had done after basically after that record had come out so i think this might have been one that at the time people were looking forward to hearing live and um yeah i i I love this song i think this song lends itself better to the studio version um because like the 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 sound levels change on this song and, and i think the electric guitar um is is so integral to how i hear the song but still when it's performed here um it's so so good and and you know as i was saying it's it's just it was a really cool opportunity to hear a song that hadn't been in in existence for that long so there were you know you could count on one hand the amount of times that you had a chance to hear something like this with lane being in the band that's very true saying that think about if you go to see a show and you want to see certain songs or certain anticipations now to be fair they haven't played in in a while but yeah uh, so probably excited to hear anything but Mm -hmm. this one probably was at the top of a lot of people's lists yeah it's also nutshell the stuff they've never heard right right and and speaking to the the lyrical content of this song this is a a jerry song about his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend at the time i just love the bridge how it starts so there's problems in your life (laughs) that's fucked up and i'm not blind like i just picture like anybody that anybody in your life that you're over and they're <laughs> trying to come back to you it's like all right like you got problems like it's fucked up but like yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> that one's always that one's always kind of stuck with me especially on the studio version like you just hear this kind of like we're saying that abrasive sounding notes in the background and then you just hear jerry kind of like trans transmitting through like mm-hmm. so those problems in your life that's fucked up i'm not blind <laughs> i'm just really through faded super jaded and out of my mind oh my god that's so and i love uh when coldest I'm down winter in blue. chill yeah man do what you want to do go out and seek your truth and when i'm down in blue rather be me than you i mean isn't yeah, that is the ultimate uh the ultimate line right there mm-hmm. but yeah this one's this one's really cool, and it, and it is super groovy during the chorus. I mean, they get going, and and like we were saying with the drums, they've they've got a little bit of swing to them. You know, it's oh, really yeah. really cool. Kenny Sean, man, Kenny, Sean Kenny dude. man, dude. Uh, it's funny. Every time, every time, every time we talk Restraint about and emphasis, <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. So every time we talk about a Soundgarden or a later Pearl Jam record, yeah. we always just end up turning it into a Matt Cameron fest. Like Kenny Fest 2023 is officially on. It oh, starts yeah. today. It's amazing. Like, he's, he's incredible. I mean, like he really is, dude. He's so stoic back there, dude. He's in control, he is. like. He really yeah, he's, he he's likes got that sing. like long face. He's just yeah, it's <laughs> stone hands, dude. He's just a <laughs> yeah. He's the stone kid. man back there. I love it. I love at the end of this performance, um, Lane Lane butts in and he's like, "I would have to say that this is the best show we've done in three years." And then Jerry's like, "Lane, <laughs> it's the only one." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah these yeah, guys. Never, these guys are great. These, never devoid on, of a sense of humor. Yeah, they were on point. All right. Next one, next song, uh, pretty lackluster song. Uh, we yeah. don't really talk about it all that much, so <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what you want to say about Wood. You know, just... I have one thing to say. <laughs> What's that? To start this song, hello Mike Inez. He brings this one in. <laughs> hello, hello Mike. Mike. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I, lo- one... I love I love that shot of him just hammering the bass intro to Wood with the friends don't let friends get friends haircuts underneath the uh, the sound mm-hmm. hole. Um, yeah, this is this is a great one. Obviously, I, I don't even. Do we have to talk about Wood? No, that's not what to say. No. It's great. It's it's good live. It's good acoustic. I think the ending is great. It's good for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I mean, right. snack time. You just turn to Wood. It's um, our number the, one in our top one hundred. So exactly. Which yeah, that's that's the episode right there. That's that's our magnum that's, opus. That's the headline. 
Yeah, that is. So so it's it's interesting. So we're we're ten songs deep into this set list now and, and all of these started. songs <laughs> Yeah, all of these songs are um of particular importance and I think they would be recognizable. And then they throw in frogs. <laughs> yes. So what do, what do we think about frogs, Ethan? Believe it or not, um, it's you know it's pretty haunting. And again, this is one of those things. I don't. Sean plays a very subdued, like it's very low level, but it's a pretty intense like beat that he does throughout the whole song. And it's it's just what it's very haunting. And I think yeah. it's. It's like seven minutes. It's like a seven-minute song. That yeah, it played. goes on for a bit. Yeah, and um, it's it's kind of it's it's an underrated un like gem to this concert. I think it's really good. Yeah, and this I like song's it. Fucking I mean, it's sad. It is very sad, and it's it's like I said, it's very. I don't know. I I think they put it in for a reason. I I don't. Mm-hmm. I would love to. I would love to talk to talk to them about you know talk to Jerry about like what they're goal or what their idea behind and um the performance and the set list and stuff and hear what they had to say that people really yeah heard. and just like the the chorus like it's like that lamentation like why does it have to be this way yeah be this way over and over and and it's you know, kind of like an acceptance of like it you know it is yeah it's it is uh, this and it's gonna be the downfall mm-hmm. and a, yeah a child sings an unclaimed tune innocence spins cold cocoon grow to see the pain too soon um, I mean, you, you can't get, you know, you can't get more blatant than that. Um, show me young, I'm raped. I've shown my fate. You know? Yeah. Like it's one of those moments where I, I think like after, you know, the, 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 the set list gets going and, you know, they're hammering away. And then similarly to how they opened with nutshell, they put, they put frogs in here to kind of, it's, it's, it's such a, such a blatant reminder of the stuff that stuff that they're dealing with at the time and um i am glad obviously you know having just recently i was joking about the fact that it was included but i mean this one this one needed to be there and the fact that it's there you know and in lane you know like you said this one's really subdued and it gives lane space to to sing and, and to do what he could at the time and um i think this one almost just as much as nutshell is a uh encapsulation i think of that time and place that the band had found themselves in um you know in april of 1996 yeah and like toward the in the last minute and a half you know lane he starts talking to like a voice box i think or something like you know Mm -hmm. something and he said in august i turned 28 i'm still young and um yeah that's interesting you know interesting that he says that and brings that in, do it, you know, with all the past people that passed away at you know, twenty seven and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a dark song, but it really is. They did it. They did it really good. Like it's dark music is yeah. It's one of those things. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting when when music is so dark and you you can't like obviously you don't want to pray. It's like a good piece of art, but you can't. You don't want to. I don't want to say you don't want to praise it too much, but it's one of those. You need to give tough. it its attention. It's tough. There's, yeah. there's lessons in it, and there's uh, there's perspective in that that hopefully none of us ever have to, you know, ever learn firsthand. But you can glean a lot of it, you know, from the the writings of people who were going through it or, or were around people who were going through it, and I think that's what Frogs is for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to yeah, number over twelve. Now. Over now, I have to say right from the jump, I love, I love the laugh at the beginning, Lane's laugh at the beginning, and then they hit, and and this is, yeah. this is like this is peak riff lord Jerry Cantrell. Over now, um, just the 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 way the way that he plays this uh, is so so good, and um, it is it is pretty funny that this was not the last uh, song of the performance. Uh, you know, it's over now, but I mean, Ethan, we we really really like this song. Uh, we've quoted "We Pay Our Debt" sometime, many times mm-hmm. back and forth. But an underrated part of this song, I think, is just the instrumental outro and how it kind of really, really slows down to a halt. It's like, um, it's like a come down, and like you've used the last bit of energy, and you're just kind of like falling back to the surface with this one. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, well, well placed. I think obviously it could be the last one, but it's kind of fun that it's uh, right before. And- yeah, again, these guys are just, you guys just deliver all the time. Yeah, it's such a good performance. 
Yeah, no doubt. it really is. And, and, and thankfully that was not the last song. I, I love, uh, I think the over now was taken out of, was, was that one on the album or did they pull that one off? Didn't they? In the I, actual, I don't, I, I think I don't they left. recall from, from the TV performance. There were a few that were, uh, that were moved in and about. Um, and this last one, I, I don't believe was included, um, which makes a lot of sense why it was not included because it's the killer is me. Um, I just love when you, when you watch this one, it's, it's really funny. Lane's like, thanks. I think that's it. And the crowd obviously starts booing and Lane's like, Hey, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think, you know, Jerry comes in and he's like, this is something that we were screwing around with a sound, tr- a sound check, you know, I think we'll give it another shot and see how it sounds. But then he does this little, like really funny, um, satirical thing about politicians yeah. and senators um the senator <laughs> the senator don't like no woman he prefers young boys in leather yeah and he hits that like that like uh comedic blues That's, lick yeah. with like this with like the little yell um which is really really funny but then he's like less claypool act kind of sounding thing. yeah kind of and then he just goes in he's like it's called the killer is me yeah and i mean man the killer the killer is me uh, this one, this one's great. It, this one's also fantastic to play because it's incredibly easy. Um, and I love this. I mean, you don't hear this one anywhere else. I mean, it obviously was not on an album and you know, here it is to close out unplugged. There was, um, I, I saw, I saw a comment and I'll read it. It says, it says that riff has a very chaotic feeling to it. Although Jerry plays it in a gentle manner, I don't know him, but you can tell he's already used to all the crap and darkness in life and expresses it beautifully. And I thought that yeah. was crazy. I thought that was really, because it is a very weird, you know, riff. It's a very kind of syncopated and, and, and yeah. different style that is tough to mm-hmm. play for new people. Like for and it, someone, it like if you were to try normal. to play that, it's, it's this right. stuff is like very hard if you're not. Yeah, it doesn't it, sound it, normal. It, it doesn't sound normal, and it's just kind of like that. Um, Chaos like, is si- easy. Similar, to, similar to the effect of like if you're trying to fall asleep and like there's just something outside of your window like constantly tapping, like it's always there, and it like kind of makes you go crazy. Like this riff, yes. like over and, over and over and over again, um, and and the song suits its you know suits uh the lyrics suit the song perfectly i love that line insane the mind in the name of me can't find the time to let things be um that's super super good and i'm i'm really happy that they were fucking around with with this one at sound check and they decided to give it to us because i mean this was the one shot that we had to get to get this song i mean it's you don't find it anywhere else um and um you know it's really really great it's like super super slow and prodding and it's one of those like i said like if you listen to it a long time it's like oh like this is gonna have a it's gonna have a negative impact on my psyche but it just closes down and, Jer- and jerry hits that last let things be um you know and, and and i think that at that point the crowd knows that that's the last one and uh you know they start going crazy and you know, you get it's the famous true. line yeah jerry's like thanks that was a lot of fun and lane in his classic style I wish I could just hug you all, but I'm yeah. not gonna. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's good. It's, it's so, so true. Perfect. It's like it's like when you're like, if you if you're watching a movie and you know and like the, the the drain, it's like a horror movie and the drain is dripping like one drip at a time and it just keeps going like a pulse and yeah. it's like go, driving them crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this I mean it was a it was a perfect end and like Lane Lane just had that that wit about him and that like kind of like wry like comedic nature to himself that um was seemingly with him you know even at a moment like this um and he's just like those moments where you catch him smiling throughout the show um and those are those are some special images to be able to look back on and it's a really yeah. special night to be able to look back on and and you know it comes at a very heavy moment in the band's history and you know the end of that incarnation of the band's history um but what a um you know in the midst of all of that struggle like what a triumph it was to be able to put this show on and to be able to perform the way that they did and and as fans you know to be able to have that gift and 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 that show to have as a memory um of of what this part this era of the band was um is something that you know i i try not to take for granted um you know however difficult it is because we're around this music all the time but um it shouldn't go unnoticed how special it is that this actually happened 
um, and then right. we're able to we're able to hold it close and we're able to listen to it and enjoy it. Uh, you know, twenty seven years later. Absolutely, and um, it's fun to be able to talk about this. Go back and listen with intent. Uh, like you said, you have a good reason. To, we have a good reason to go back and kind of like you know pay attention and yeah, man. And man, what it would be like to be. I mean, I was. I hate to, you know. I hate to say that. Say this. Like I wish I was there. Like I couldn't imagine being like, there. That phrase gets thrown around a lot, but like it this does. is one where it actually. Well, yeah. I, and and the reason I say that, like I'm, I'm watching, I'm like I don't really see how i could you know something could replicate these unplugged shows like right. i don't really under, i don't really know like i've seen intimate shows and I've, I've had intimate shows but like this one seems different and i don't know if I mean, i'm sure that it can be captured as certain connections mm-hmm. with bands but i'm um, trying to think of like the artists i know and stuff i'm like i don't really know who could perform something that would really yeah well it's like that, par- was, a point, parallel that was a point this. in just time not, right yeah exactly it's really hard really hard to kind of think about like i don't even know where to where it would start so Mm -hmm. um it's an amazing it's an amazing piece of art yeah it certainly is so special very happy that we have this one and and we're very happy that the calendar was kind enough uh to give us the anniversary of this on a podcast release day it made it was a no-brainer to uh to choose that as the subject for this week's episode and ethan it's funny because we came we came to the conclusion to do it and then we found out that it also was the date so we didn't even really like we didn't even really go to the calendar first which i I love yeah ethan ethan was like uh let's uh let's do one of the unplugged and we're like all right like let's do let's do alice i mean we've been we've been heavy in the alice and chains for some time now and we haven't done a proper episode and just by happenstance it turns out literally the, the same day that's coming out I, yeah. I i couldn't believe it so that was so great my one closing question as it relates to the unplugged world ethan should we <laughs> should we do grunge bible unplugged <laughs> what would, what what would, would we un- do what would, would we just use our version like, of the podcast uh, look like we would just shout just our, lap- like, our laptop mics <laughs> yeah we would we use shitty we use shitty microphones <laughs> i would do yeah. i would do it where we just get together on the same laptop, like in a park, and like no sort of sound. Yeah, it's unplugged. <laughs> I'm in, dude. I would love yeah. it. Or we just we just take a trip to every listener's home and we just knock on the door and present an episode from their doorstep. I mean, we could do we could do a live podcast. Yeah, I mean, simple simple That's as that. We could do. It. Yeah, we've talked. We've thrown around no more that digital. Idea. We're going analog. The the good old yeah. days. Oh, I'm in. I'm in for that. That sounds yeah, great. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, we got we got to do that. Well, uh, if you're you. still yeah, if you're still with we us, uh, we'd like to thank you. Um, it's it's funny. I think for the last couple of months, we've been getting a lot more people um, who have chosen to check out the show and seemingly have chosen to stick around for subsequent episodes. So that really really means a lot to us. I mean, we we've, we've been doing this for a long time, and um, the fact that you know other people are able to enjoy it in the same way that we enjoy making it is really, really special. And it's not lost on us, you know, given the uh, week in week out monotony of life. Sometimes, you know, we do this every week, but uh, we have multiple points throughout the week where we just kind of think about the fact that it's special. And, you know, I'm really happy that we're able to do this. So thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your support uh, in any way that you so choose um, to support us. We are uh, immensely and eternally grateful for that eternal yes eternal um, yeah forever Can't shout out it. to our producer drew mcfadden drew. he's got our got our back he does it's a wonderful guy. job each week um we're very thankful to have him uh part of this enterprise and um yeah can't wait to be doing more and can't wait to get some good uh some good interviews some more people we haven't had yeah. one in a while well, we are working hard behind the scenes to get some good folks <laughs> onto this show there are we're some being big patient. things the main coming. thing is the main thing is we're being patient people yeah that's what you guys need to know out there we are the sean wanna... kenny of <laughs> podcast hosts. yes that's exactly right yeah patient yet aggressive yes we're showing restraint but then we're when it's time we're going to emphasize everything mm-hmm. so yeah I can't believe I just compared ourselves to Sean Kenny. That's a cardinal sin, but who cares? Well, you know, it happens it's sometimes. The way that it goes. So, so our, oh, no, I'm giving this to you, Ethan. I'm, I'm serving it up to you. Yeah, let's take care of this. Our last uh, our couple, last couple segment. more segments. Yeah, let's yeah. go. I love this segment. Our, our final, our final segment. Um, yeah. 
this is the part where we blend. We have our songs of the week, but we also blend in. We we have been really hammering home the concerts and talking about them. And, and honestly, Chris, I think that's one of. I mean, we have our our duty to talk about grunge rock. As grunge rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's our number one duty, obviously, to talk about the old. But in reality, our passion is talking about the new and see, and talking about the shows that we see. Um, we've been on this kick for the last two and a half years of seeing shows. We've just been hammering them out. And lo and behold, Chris and I both went to a concert in the past week. And yeah, Chris, we're just we we're definitely ahead of most people. For, we're seeing a lot of shows these days. Yeah, we, really we do. are. So last year I went I to like twenty it. of them, and I'm, I'm already ahead of the uh, I'm, I'm ahead of the pace the of last yeah. year. <laughs> and last year was a big PR, so I get really PR this year if I try to. And I think I might try because they're fucking fun and they're Dude, cool. They are. They're yes, really they are cool. So, they are really good. So I'll go first because mine happened earlier. So mine happened last Sunday. I, I'm wearing. I, I got some merch on my head. I'm wearing a oh, goose yeah. hat. The goose is loose, Chris, and we've talked about this. They've came up on the pod, um, and they are a jam band that has been, um, you know, I think, what's the word I'm looking for? They've been uh, the predecessors to, you know, the deadheads and the fish. <laughs> well, and predec- like, <laughs> predecessor means before. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, not the predecessor. The opposite, they, yeah, whatever the opposite of predecessor is. They, yeah, they've yeah, been anointed the, the second the second wave of the jam band. Yeah, yeah. not predecessor. Sorry. <laughs> That's uh, all right. Classic. And, um, what are you going to do? But I feel like, I, you know, I've, I've been listening to them and I feel, I feel at home with them, you know? So I've been, I've been kind of slowly getting, you know, dipping my toes in. I'm feeling really good. So we had, a, they came through town and played at Avondale and, um, went with, uh, three good friends. And, and actually during the show, um, somebody had called in basically Milo some fast food chicken tenders. And uh, all of a sudden, we're, we're standing there in the middle of the show. And you can imagine if you've been to like a festival and you're just like dying yeah. of like, you know, thirst or hunger. And you're just like, man, like, I really just wish I had like some you need greasy something. food. And then like, I wish it would just show up and I wouldn't have to go anywhere. That happened with us. Somebody somebody showed up behind and had like their mom, somehow they snuck it in and, and they just gave us like this, these chicken tenders. And it was like, I mean, it was just amazing. Imagine yourself like. In you get concert. some tendies. It's great. And, and then something just pops up. Yeah. So oh, yeah. anyway, the show was really good. Um, and the song that I'm going to pick is Fish in the Sea. Um, it's really fun. It's groovy. And what they do is they kind of come back to it like later throughout the show. So they'll play, they played it in the first set and they came back to it the second set and they, they'll kind of tease it uh, here sweet. and there to kind of, in my eyes, yeah, you know, simulate. You know, different fish in the sea, I don't know, coming up, the fish like randomly oh, yeah. in the ocean yeah. or something. Ethan's so. becoming a jam band guy, everybody. <laughs> I think I am, yeah, dude. Yeah. I understand, like, I'm, I want to kind of watch, I want to watch I can the tell. concert you've, back. You've got, you've got that look in your eyes now that you didn't have. Can you before. hear it? Can I you can hear, hear it in it. my voice? Yeah, there's some, some, some changes that people undergo. You can just hear it in their voice. And this is one of them. Uh, like, you are not, <laughs> our conversations that we had prior to this show were different. You're a, diff- you're a different man now. It's like those videos. It's like first day of living in Boston. It's like yeah. s- second <laughs> day. This is my voice of, one hour this in is my Boston. Voice, yeah, this is my voice three. Hey, y'all, this is my voice four weeks in Boston. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yep. But so, that's what um, you have to do. Yeah, Fish in the Sea and uh, yeah, Goose. You know, I'm just going to plug them again. So that was really fun. Oh, yeah. I like that. You're up, big Chris. Goose guy. Who I'm did up. you see this week? So I saw, yeah, I had a little bit of a concert situation going on. Um, I got to see uh, Friends of Grunge Bible, Hello Mary, live for the first time, um, which is really, really fucking cool. Uh, so we've known them. Uh, they're from Brooklyn. We've known them since 2020. Um, we started chatting with them a little bit, shared their music uh, starting in 2020. They were doing some super, super cool stuff. Um, so between then and now, um, they have just fucking put the work in. They've gotten so good. Um, you know, they, they were, they're signed. They're on French Kiss Records. They played KEXP with Cheryl Waters, which I'm very jealous that they got to speak to Cheryl Waters. Um, they just put out their first full album. And they're touring. They played, uh, they were playing... Um, they played a bunch of shows um, earlier this earlier this year at. I always mix South by Southwest and Austin City Limits up. Austin City Limits just happened, right? That's the one. 
whatever was... whatever one of those just occurred they they played a bunch of shows there um they're they're supporting Deerhoof on a tour recently and then they're going back out on the road um this summer but this is the first time you know on the tail end of the panty we've been able to uh we've been able to meet so i missed them when they came to providence last year but I was not going to miss them. Um, they were the uh, the second band up uh, last night when I saw them. And they were just absolutely incredible. Um, and afterwards, uh, we got to finally meet in person, which was really cool. Um, got to spend some time, hang out. Um, as good as musicians as they are, they are just as good of people. And I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing them again on the road and keeping in touch with them and... Uh, just kind of seeing where where their where their their talents take them because they're very very talented. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things when you're an opener, um, people go for the headliner, and when the opener goes on, you got that minute, and everybody's looking at you. They don't really know who you are, what you're about. I heard yeah. people like asking other people like, "Oh, who is this?" and and you've got that minute to show people what you're about, and and that is that's what they do, and you could tell by you know two minutes into the first song, like people were into it. People were hooked in a special way. Um, whatever, whatever that is, that is not measurable. Those intangibles, uh, as a band, they've got it. And I'm really, really happy that, you know, at this point we're able to call them friends and we're able to support them in whatever silly little way we're able to with this, uh, silly little podcast and mm-hmm. silly little social media presence but yeah man hello mary they're really really awesome and i'm going to pick off of their most recent and first full-length studio album i'm going to pick the song droopy eyes so that's my song of the week awesome did you already pick droopy eyes from them did i already pick droopy eyes i, I don't feel remember like, i feel like you may have <laughs> i probably did well Honestly, you know def- what i'm gonna as as the uh as the co-host, I'm just gonna say, put it on again. Double <laughs> it up. Care. Double it up. All right. Yeah, we're just gonna have no to problem. put it on again. Awesome. I'll check later. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that concludes this this week's episode. Um, I am jealous that you got to see them. I I yeah. trying to think of other bands that we've been able to like and meeting up and seeing them live is so fun. It's been tough. There's been a lot of opportunities that we just missed out, like a few in LA right. that we we just missed. So yeah, um, that's really special, and that's. That's what we live. That's why we do this, Chris. Let's yeah, be real. It is, it is cool because it's like, you know, you have a common passion and what little things we can ever do to support people like that. You know, we're happy to do it. And um, that's what it's all about. It's about making friends and sharing and cool stuff. And, yeah. you know, we'll make the friends and they're making the cool stuff. So <laughs> that's, yeah. we'll call it even, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, <clears throat> that's it. That's all that's we have, it. folks. So thank you again. And we will be back next week to deliver another awesome podcast not sure who knows what it could be about who knows who who we may have on yeah the um you know we're still figuring it out so but it's gonna be great and we can't wait to be there with you yeah thanks for taking the time everybody i hope you have a lovely week ahead and i hope you're well wherever you are and whenever you are so take care everybody and rock and roll rock and roll everybody